0: so without me knowing i just realized yesterday without me knowing the holy spirit has started a new series with us and it's called the series of prayer uh, so for the next couple of weeks we are going to look into prayer and uh, <clears throat> when you have a revelation come on guys you make a commitment when you have a revelation you make a commitment so I truly believe that the season of prayer is going to change our life, is going to change our outlook towards how we see the spirit realm. Is going to grow us spiritually? For spiritual growth, you need two things. Remember last week I spoke to you about like how you go for a job interview, you need two things, one is attitude, The other one is aptitude. Spiritual growth, you need two things. Attitude is the character of Christ, the purity of Christ. And your aptitude is the knowledge of Christ, which is the power of Christ. You need both, right? These both things, they come by the ministry of the word and the spirit. How does the ministry of the word happens when you open your Bible and you meditate on the word? How does the ministry of the spirit happens? It happens through prayer. Now, I know, I know that most of you are Christians, so it's, it's granted for me to know that you understand the importance of prayer. Or at least you think you know the importance of prayer. Nobody prays, that's another thing. But we all know that we need to pray. In fact, Jesus said in Luke 18, men ought to pray. If you're human, you ought to pray. If you're God, don't pray. But if you're human, you ought to pray. You ought to pray. Read this quote, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. Right? We all know this. But somehow, we wouldn't put our energy, we wouldn't invest our time in praying. Isn't that true? See, somehow, no matter how busy you are, no matter what is going on in the world, somehow you will take out the time to eat. Right? Then you will not say, oh, my boss gave me this deadline. No, 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 no. Somehow you will take out the time to eat. Why? One, some people love eating, that's another issue. But what I'm talking about is, you know if you don't eat, you won't have the energy to make it through the day. Prayer is what food is to your body, prayer is to the spirit. What food is to your body, prayer is to your spirit. And I've been asking the Lord, why don't we pray? Why don't people pray? Everybody knows the importance of prayer, but why don't we pray? You know why? Because we don't see results of our prayers. The reason why we don't pray is because we do not see the results of our prayers. So we think that it's useless. It's pointless. So we either do it out of obligation or we either do it because, yeah, we know it's, it's a thing that we have to do. We don't see the results of our prayers. We don't see that our prayers are effective. Why don't people invest in mutual funds? Because they don't get immediate results. So whenever somebody is talking about mutual funds, they're like, huh, he's out here to get my money. Why don't people pray? Because immediately we don't see any results. In fact, James says, you do not receive because you do not ask. And because you ask amiss, meaning... You can pray and not receive because you prayed wrongly. There's a right way to pray. There's a right way to pray. Think about this. The disciples knew how to pray because they were taught how to pray. But they still go to Jesus and say, hey, teach us how to pray. Why did they ask Jesus to teach them how to pray when they knew how to pray? Right? They knew their Torah. They knew their Old Testament. But still they asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because there was something different in the prayer of Jesus that they saw. And they were like, we want that. The way you live your life, the way you walk, we know the secret is prayer. How do you pray? Teach us. Teach us. We get to see everything. We get to see how you heal the sick. We get to see how you deliver the you know, someone who's demon-possessed, we get to see how you raise the dead, but we don't get to see how you pray because you're praying in secret to teach us how to pray. The good news is prayer can be learned. You can learn to pray the right way. That's what Jesus taught them how to pray. Are you with me? And I want to teach you prayer so that your prayers are effective. Effective. Any investment that I make in a stock, I want to make sure that I at least get 30%. Otherwise, I'm not doing charity when I'm investing. Right? Any investment that you make in prayer, it needs to bear result. If your faith does not have results, it is fake. Your faith should have results. Maybe it will happen. Maybe it will not happen. That is not prayer. Have you seen Jesus anytime saying, okay, let's see. Let's pray. Maybe, yeah. If, maybe it might happen. Maybe it might not happen. And then blame it on God and his will. Bible says, okay, turn with me. James chapter 5 verse 16. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Bible says the prayer of a righteous person has great working power. It will always bring result. If you are righteous and if you pray, your prayer has great working power. It is not just, oh I threw a dart, I don't know if it will hit or it will miss. The moment you pray, you should know if the prayer has hit the target or not. You should know it. Why? Because there's a right way to pray. Are you hearing me? I know we are all Christians and we are all at least second generational Christians. But I'm telling you, guys, our prayers are ineffective because we don't know how to pray. And the thing is, we don't have the humility to ask somebody, hey, teach me how to pray teach me i do see your life your life always brings good results bring good fruit what is the secret it's prayer i know teach me how to pray so do you have the humility to learn to learn okay are you with me yes so prayer can be learned okay prayer can be learned why does prayer seem hard You have to understand this why does prayer seem hard you know jesus when he was in gethsemane he asked his disciples to watch and pray with him and then when he comes back the disciples are sleeping just like us right and then he says hey couldn't you even watch for one hour and then he makes a statement which is very powerful he says the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing Prayer, the reason why prayer is hard is because the flesh is weak but the spirit is willing. The spirit wants to pray but the flesh does not want to. Have you seen an aeroplane take off? Right? When the aeroplane takes off the most energy that the aeroplane needs the most power that it needs is when it has to take off. The moment it is in air you don't need so much of energy. Why? Because there's a power of gravitation that is pulling it down. So it has has to break through that power of gravitation to go and soar. Just like that, prayer is hard because you have to break through that power of flesh that is trying to hold you. trying to hold you. It does not want you to pray. No demon will tell you, hey, pray. No demon will ever tempt you. Oh, you haven't prayed. I think you should pray. Flesh does not want you to pray. In fact, can I say this? In fact, when you pray, the flesh will all the more come out. That's why you get angry when you're praying or after you're praying. Have you you noticed that? Have you noticed? I notice it all the time. (laughs) That you become angry. You become frustrated. Then somebody says something, you become irritated. You know why? Because it is uncomfortable for the flesh. You're making the flesh uncomfortable by praying. But as long as you didn't pray, you were such a nice person, man. You're so calm. Fruit of the Spirit. The moment you started praying, well, what a guy this is. What is happening is what the things that you have suppressed is coming out. And let it come out. Let it come out. And I want to encourage you, when you encounter these things, right? When you see that your flesh is acting up, you know, give thanks to the Lord. Because you're not judged by what you're doing in the flesh in the moment God sees you in the spirit. And he sees you righteous and holy. In your inability, see the perfect work of Jesus and be like, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you because it is in, our, in my weakness that your strength is perfected. Don't try to justify that to somebody else saying, hey, finished work of Christ, right? I can be, who-. don't do that. James says, if there's a weakness, don't take pride in that. Don't, don't be arrogant about that, but in your secret, in your prayer with God, Lord, I thank you. I'm sorry for doing that, but I thank you for your cross. I thank you for you do not see me through that lens. Okay? Why is prayer hard? Prayer is hard because flesh wants to hold you back. I, I'm telling you so that you'll all, already be aware. The moment you start praying, hundreds of things come on. That's the time when you want to be diligent in your work. You remember all the to-do's that needs to be done in that week. You remember all the deadlines. Otherwise, you don't care. You don't care about office, but that's the time when you want to be the most faithful person. Right? It's the flesh trying to distract us. That's why prayer is hard. But, like I said, it's the initial moment. Once the takeoff happens, you have to wait for that. Till then, it is a struggle. It is a struggle. The flesh will try to keep you down. That's why Paul says, you know, I kill the members of my flesh. I subdue them. You have to subdue them. How do you subdue them? By prayer. How do you do it? You keep on praying. It's boring. You keep on doing it. I don't have time. You still pray. You know when you should pray the most? When you don't feel like praying at all. I don't feel like praying. I think you should pray more. Got it? So today I just want to tell you three things that you should pray for. Okay? These three things should be the focus of your prayer. Because prayer is not getting something from God. Prayer is God changing us. Prayer is God changing us. Prayer is not twisting God's arm. God, I'm going to fast for 40 days. If you don't give me that car, I'll fast for even more 10 days. No, that is not, you're not twisting God's arm through prayer. Prayer is, God, I want a car, but change my heart first. Change my heart. Okay? So I'm going to give you three points, which has to be the focus of your prayer. Any prayer that you do, daily prayer, whatever prayer that you do it has to be these three things has to be the focus right so for that come with me to ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 ephesians chapter 1 verse 16 i do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, before I get there, I, I want to tell you, there are some passages in the Bible that show us an example of prayers. Like, for example, John chapter 17 is an, is a, is an example of Jesus' prayer. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15 to 21 is an example of Paul's prayer. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 onwards, it's an example of Paul's prayer. So you will find these examples. Find these examples and make it your example. Make it a model for your life. The best way to model Christian life is through scriptures. Are you hearing me? See how they did it? you also do the same. Now see, what is Paul saying? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. He says, I I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, what should He give you? May give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. So what is he praying for? He's praying for, I pray that you will know God. The first and the very most important focus of our prayer should be, Lord, I want to know you. The first, the the most important thing is not, oh, my salary should get increased. This thing should happen. It should be, I want to know you. Every answer that you are praying for, did you know, is hidden in the knowledge of God. It is waiting for you to, to, for you to know God is when you will have the answer. Every solution to your problem is wrapped in the knowledge of God. Am I making sense? You have to know God. Knowing God is the answer. Oh, but I need a job, job change. No God. I need healing. No God. I need deliverance. No God. I need An increase in my salary? No, God. It is in the revelation of knowing God that you will find the answer. In the Old Testament, see, in the Old Testament, the names of God, right? Give me some names. Elohim. Okay, give me me composite names. Yahweh Ire, Right? Yahweh Rafa. Give me one more. Yahweh Nisi. Yahweh Ire, Yahweh Rafa, Yahweh Nisi. Now, what do these three names mean? Yahweh Ire means God who is my provider. Yahweh Rafa means God who is my healer. Yahweh Nisi means God who is my victory. Now, it is okay when you come to God, you come to God because He, is, he gives you provision, He gives you victory, He gives you healing. Right? But in prayer... Something changes from knowing God who is my provider to knowing God who becomes your provision. Do you see the difference? See, you're like, Lord, I've come to you for healing, right? I've come to you for healing because I know that you will heal. But in the prayer, your focus changes from getting that healing. Your focus changes from God who becomes your healing. It's no longer just transactional. Oh God, if I pray, you will give me this. It becomes, God, I'll know you. You will become the solution that I need. So if it is healing that I need, I'll get healing. If it is victory that I need, I'll get victory. If it is provision that I need, I'll get provision. How? Because God will become my provision. God will become my healing. God will become my victory. God becomes the very thing that we need. How, how does he become that? When you know God. You know him. When I say you know him, I'm not talking about theologically you know him, you know. When I'm saying knowing God is, you know how, how do people get to know each other emotionally? They get to know the person. They get to know their heart. I'm talking about that intimate kind of knowledge. Knowing God. It is in knowing God that lies your solution to your problem. So God comes to Abraham and he says, hey, don't worry. I am your reward. I am your inheritance. In the mountain when he's taking up Isaac, Abraham suddenly has a revelation. Oh, Yahweh Ire, God is my provision. You don't need God who is a provider. You need God who can become your provision. Do You see the difference? It's a, it's a, it's a whole paradigm change where we don't come to God for something that we can get in return. But we come to God for God. And then he becomes the thing that we need. He completes us. When it is transactional, when you get the healing, you'll go back. When you get the victory, you'll go back. But when he becomes the thing that you need, I am lacking in healing. But when you become that, you complete me. I am weak, but your strength perfects me. He completes you. Knowing God has to become the primary focus of our prayer. John chapter 17, verse 3, know God, knowing God is eternal life. The first time I read that verse, it blew my mind because I was thinking eternal life happens when you die. And here it says, knowing God is eternal life. That means the moment I start my personal relationship with Jesus, I have entered into eternal life. I start walking in eternal life. the answer that you are searching for is in knowing God. Is in knowing God. One hero, my personal hero from the Old Testament is Enoch. Because the Bible says, Enoch walked with God. Now what a privilege to walk with God. Just imagine with me, like when God was walking fast, he walked fast. When God was walking slow, he walked slow. He, he saw his rhythm, he saw his tempo, and he walked with him. To know God, to know God intimately, that when God stops, you stop. If you can stop when God stops, when God accelerates, you can also accelerate. Know God. Knowing God. Why am I praying? Because God, I want to know you. I want to know you. How much ever I have known, it's not enough. I want to know you more. I delight in you. I want to know you more. I want to know you. I want to know you fresh. How do you think? What is your heart beating for? What is your desire for my life? What is your desire for this world? I want to know you. I want to know what ticks you off. I want to know what gets you going. I want to know you want to know your heart. What's the first one? Knowing God. The second one, same verse, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. Come with me to 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. So first we saw knowledge of Him, knowing more. Knowing him more. now he's, But he's saying, how do we get to know God more is through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What's the first focus? To know God. But how do you get to know him? You need wisdom and revelation. If you don't have wisdom, you, you cannot know God. I mean, what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, increase their capacity. The second focus of our prayer should be increase our capacity. This is something, the first one everybody knows, but this is something that mostly we don't pray for. We know that we need to pray to know God, but we don't pray to increase our capacity. So what happens is, what we learned 10 years ago is the same thing that we know about God today. Why? Because our capacity has not been stretched. Are you with me? Increase our capacity. How can you know God? Increase your capacity. Increase your capacity. Do you know it takes common sense to walk? Right? A lot of people walk, but only a few run. But the person who is flying flies alone. Meaning, it is based on your capacity that you can go faster. Everybody can walk. You can walk in prayer. Very few make the effort to run in prayer. But very, very, very few fly. Increase your capacity. Do you know that you don't need more anointing? What you need is your capacity to increase. Everybody, every child of God starts with a capacity of a seed. And that capacity of a seed has the power to expand. Are you hearing this? How much you grow, how much you grow is upon you. It's not God's, it is not God's sovereign will. I'm sorry. If you're not growing, I'm sorry. That's, that's on you. If you're not increasing your capacity to know God, that's on you because you haven't prayed to increase your capacity. Increasing your capacity. If this is is your capacity, this is how much you can carry. But you have the potential to grow more. You have the potential to grow more. The height of the building is defined, is determined by how deep the foundation is. So just by praying, Lord, I want to grow, I want to, you know, I, you know, I want this, I want more, I want more of this, it's not going to happen. You have to increase your capacity. You have to increase your capacity. How do you increase your capacity? By asking God for wisdom, revelation. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me revelation. I want to be humble. I want to be humble. I want to learn. I want to learn. Give me more wisdom. Yeah, I know all of my Bibles. I have read like 500 times. Not that, but I want more of your wisdom. I'm humble enough. I'm humble enough. Increase my capacity. So as your capacity increases, you see the expression of God in you, which is the anointing, increases automatically. It's the same anointing. All of us have the same anointing because we have the same Spirit of God in us, right? We have the same Spirit that was in Jesus. We have the same Spirit. But how we differ is in our capacity to express Him. As you pray and as you ask God to increase your capacity, the expression of how much the Holy Spirit can work in and through you increases. Most people, the reason why they get disappointed is because of this in prayer. They're hoping that the very next moment they'll become so and so, right? I prayed for five hours, now nothing happens. Why? Because you haven't increased your capacity. How do you increase your capacity? See, we are all understand this, we are all students of God's word and the ministry of the spirit. We are all students there, but some of us have gone far. Some of us are in like 12th standard. Some of us are still in nursery. So people who are in 12th standard can teach the ones who are in nursery on how to Increase your capacity, but it takes time. It takes time, it takes patience. How do you do it? You sit in prayer and you ask God, God, increase my capacity. Increase my capacity. When you take a plant, right? They give you in a small pot. How much can a plant from a small pot grow? You have to increase its capacity. The problem is not that you don't have the potential to grow. You have the potential. You have the potential to burn the entire cosmos. But the thing is, you haven't increased your capacity. See, we are not like in the times of Moses. Where Moses said, God, I want to see you. And God said, you don't forget capacity, you don't even have the potential to see me. Because if you see me, you will die. Forget capacity, you don't even have the potential to see me. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18 says, but we all with unveiled faces, meaning, looking at God's face, face to face, we have the potential, not just the capacity, we have the potential. But the question is, how, how many of you really want to increase your capacity to see him? See, in the limited potential that Moses had, he increased his capacity. Right? I like I I am I'm in awe of him that in the limited potential that he had, he increased his capacity to a point that he was in the presence of God so much that it transfigured his body. He came completely changed, that people saw him and they were like, okay, can't, can't look at him, he's changed. You and me have potential more than Moses. guy, Because we are new creation in Christ. We have the potential of Christ. But we don't want to increase our capacity. Just imagine if we could increase our capacity. Moses, do you know? The saints, the Old Testament saints, they are celebrating you and they are a bit envious of you because they did not have what you have. They were not new creation. They did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They did not have the seal of the Holy Spirit. When they look at you, they're like, what privileged people. Only if we could increase our capacity. Your potential is unlimited. I, I don't think I can quantify that. But if we could pray, God, give us, give us, give us. You know, increase my capacity. Increase my capacity. Amen. Amen. Can I show you something? Okay. Ephesians chapter 3. Come. Verse 20. Okay. Verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse. This The reason why I am taking this verse is the most quoted verse. Everybody loves this verse. Okay. Everybody will say amen. But listen to this now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think oh yes god can do much more than we pray for oh hallelujah yes read the next he says according to the power at work within us meaning god can do so much more than you think but he is limited to the power that is working within you that means he is limited to the power that can that is that your capacity has defined so if your capacity your inner inner man's capacity is this much that much power and you are you you are confessing that word god abundantly more ask or think pray are you getting what i'm saying and we wonder why our prayers are not working because we haven't increased our capacity but look at this he says this in verse 20 You are a God who can do much more, but according to the power that is within our capacity. But, see how he begins. Verse 14 onwards, okay? For this reason I bow bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Now listen to this, verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory. Now he does not say according to my capacity. He says according to your capacity. Right. according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. See, what what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, the power of God that you experience in your life is the power that you can receive. It is defined by the capacity of how much you can carry. But you can ask for more. You can ask for more. You can ask for according to the riches of His glory, that he may grant you the power. Isn't that amazing? In fact, if you, if you read the following verses, okay, let me just read it quickly. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. What, what is Paul talking about? Paul is saying... God, increase my capacity, increase their capacity so that we can understand how wide, how high, how deep and how broad is your love. So just don't be content with how much you know about God and his love and his grace don't be content. You can increase your capacity so that you can know more. God, give me more wisdom. Give me more knowledge so that I will know you. Give me more. Give me more power so that I can understand. I can understand your love. God's power in your life is not just for healing. God's power in your life is for you to comprehend the love of God. It's for you to understand the love of God. It takes a certain amount of power to understand God's love. It takes a certain amount of power to be in the presence of God or not get burned. It is God's grace that He does not reveal himself to us, like He did with Moses, but we are not like that. We have the potential to see Him with unveiled faces, unveiled, absolutely unveiled, so that we can be transformed from glory to glory. Pray for increase my capacity today. Increase my capacity. Increase my capacity to understand you. Increase my capacity to know you. Increase my capacity to contain you. Increase my capacity to become a greater channel of blessing. Not like yesterday, but today. Increase my capacity. Increase my capacity. Good. I want to show you something. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. And pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, go and pray in secret. Why why is he talking about praying in secret? So that nobody will distract you. Nobody will disturb you. When you pray in secret, the father who sees you in secret will reward you. Can I give you one practical way of increasing your capacity? Are you ready? Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. First Corinthians 14 verse 4 says, The one who speaks in tongues builds himself. Builds himself. Like how you build a house, when you speak in tongues, you are building your inner man. You're increasing the capacity of the inner man. Sadly, sadly, we all speak in tongues as if the seasoning of the salt on the rice. Sadly. Most of our prayers are in our language and then we put in tongues here a little bit just to tell other people that we are spiritual enough. Isn't that true? When you're in public, okay? Now, when you're in public, speak in your language. Okay, when you're in public, so that everybody will understand what you're praying. But when you're private, when you're in secret, speak in tongues. See, when you're making rice, compared to the amount of rice that you put with the amount of salt, how much rice do you put? A lot lot of rice and less of salt. In your prayer, in your secret time, pray more in tongues, less of your language. Why? Because you are telling God, I trust in the Holy Spirit that you have given within me has makes better prayer than I can pray with my language. Romans chapter eight, the Holy Spirit who's in you is interceding for you, right? So when you're speaking in tongues, you're actually expressing what the Holy Spirit is praying within within you. So when you're speaking in tongues, you're telling God, God, I trust in your prayer than mine. Speak in tongues. Just to give you an idea, you know, because somewhere we we need to draw a benchmark. So how how much time should I pray? I'm telling you, at least, at least in a day, you should pray at least for one hour. Not disturbed, not distracted, in your secret room, speaking in tongues. You should build your inner man So that as you ask God to increase your capacity, you will receive the spiritual things that God has for you. The spiritual mind can only understand spiritual things, right? Can I I tell you something? This Bible, I started reading when I was like very young because my parents were pastors. They, They asked me to read the Bible and I don't know how many times I finished reading it. But can I tell you, I never understood any of the New Testament. I, I read it. It is English. But I never understood what it meant. So there were a lot of times when I've, I was like, God, what is this? What are you trying to tell me? So Ephesians, the first three chapters I would skip, start from verse chapter 4, because chapter 4 is more practical, right? Why submit to your husband? Yeah, practical enough. The first three chapters are theological, so it doesn't make sense. Romans, The first eight chapters, theological, leave it. It didn't make sense. But the day I received the gift of tongues, and I'm telling you, when I received the gift of tongues, oh gosh, you know, because I waited for a long time to receive it. So when I got it, I I embraced it with all my heart. I, I I found it more precious than gold and silver. And I'm telling you, since then, when I started reading my Bible, my goodness, I have seen wealth after wealth that nobody has taught me. Because it is the Holy Spirit that can teach you all things. I'm not saying you don't need a teacher. I'm not saying you don't need a pastor. But what I'm trying to say is when you speak in tongues, you increase your capacity, you increase the wisdom and the revelation that the Spirit can deposit in, in and through your Spirit into your heart and your mind. Now you're no longer trying to decipher the Bible like a mathematical equation, you know? What is this? What is that? It's a reality. The Spirit is teaching you, speak in tongues. If you don't have the gift of tongues, contact me. We'll figure something. But you need to have, you need to speak in tongues because it's such a powerful, powerful gift where you can edify yourself and you can ask God to increase your capacity. Are you with me? Okay. What's the third point? Come with me to Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to digress a little bit, but stay with me, okay? Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What is Paul saying? Paul saying, I pray that you will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. You'll be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Why? Because I'll tell you why. Why do you need to know God's will? We need to know God's will because we are such selfish beings. I'm telling you, we want to pretend to be selfless, but we are very selfish beings. We only seek God's face because we want to see what he's doing. We want to, we seek his face, but first we seek his hands, right? Isn't that true? You know, you talk to any, I have a niece, right? Uh, She is like five years old. And every time I need to call her, at least be in proximity, I have to give her something. She comes to me because I have something in my hand to offer. And that's how we are with God. I mean, that's the honest truth. And I'm not saying, don't justify yourself. and be. No, 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 I'll only see his face. Don't do that. That's how we are. That's, that's how broken we are. So it's okay if you're seeing, seeing his hands because it is in knowing God's will for you, you seek his face. Isn't that true? What do you mean knowing God's will? Knowing God's will is, God, what is your heart for me? What do you think about me? What is your plan for me? What is your purpose for me? So when you know God's will, you get to know his heart. You get to know who God is. We can't separate Knowledge of God's will from knowing God. We can't separate that. If you, if you know God's will, you will know Him as well. Isn't that true? Right? But how do you know God's will? Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can test and discern that the will of God is good, acceptable, and perfect. You didn't get all of that? That's fine. Just say with me, God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. God's will for my life is good, acceptable, and perfect. But the problem is, it takes a renewed mind to test that. It takes a renewed mind to testify that God's will for me is good, acceptable, and perfect. If your mind is not renewed, you will not be able to testify that God's will for me is good, acceptable, and perfect. If your mind is not renewed, you will not understand what is happening. You'll be like, everybody is prospering. I'm not prospering. The wicked is prospering. It takes a renewed mind to understand the will of God in that very moment and to testify. Yes, God's will is good, pleasing and perfect. So the third focus of your prayer should be, God, renew my mind. Renew my mind. Renew my mind so that I can test and approve that your will for my life is good, acceptable and perfect. There's, there's a pandemic happening, but even in that pandemic, to see that God's will is good, pleasing and perfect, good, acceptable and perfect, it takes a renewed mind. Without a renewed mind, you will not be able to testify. You can say it, but you, it, it will not be convincing enough for yourself. You need a renewed mind, renewed mind, a new mind, a mind of Christ. It takes the mind of Christ for you to say that God's will for me right now, in spite of all of these circumstances, is good, is acceptable, and perfect. Can I show you an example? Psalm 73. Psalm 73. Now, this chapter is written by a person named Asaph. Asaph is a worship leader in the courts of David. Okay? He wrote this chapter. Now, I want you to be in his shoes and read as if you wrote it. Are you with me? Okay? Verse 1. But truly God, what does it say? Truly God is good to Israel to those who are pure in heart but as for me my feet had almost stumbled my steps had nearly slipped for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked don't we get disappointed when everybody around us is prospering or everybody around us is somewhere growing in, you know, you feel like you're still stuck there. Same. The guy, when he's writing in the beginning of these, in the beginning of this chapter, the beginning of these verses, he is very negative. God is good to Israel, yeah, sure. He's good to those whose hearts appear, but to me, not so much. I don't think God is good to me. In fact, if you read a couple more verses, you will see how negative he is. God, this is not happening, that is not happening. You know, he's complaining, he's complaining, he's complaining. Can you relate with that? Don't tell me you can't relate with that. Okay? But you see how he ends it, okay? Now, come with me to verse 28. Look at how he ends it. But for me, it is good to be near God. See how his perspective has changed? He says, but for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. See how he begins this chapter, he begins by complaining and he's being negative. But by the end of the chapter, he's like, no, but it's good to me. God, you're good to me. I will testify of your works. He he seems confident. Something has changed somewhere, right? From the beginning till the end, something has changed. His tone of his prayer has changed. Do you know what has changed? Come with me to verse 16. Why was he complaining? He was complaining because everybody around him was growing and prospering. Right? See verse 16. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Turn to one another and say, you can't understand a lot of things. Okay? Okay? You will get stressed out. So don't worry. You, You don't have the capacity to understand a lot of things. You will get stressed out. But see, what does he say? Verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned the end. It is when I entered into the sanctuary of God, that's when my mind got renewed and I had the understanding. Oh, this is what God is doing. Yes, everybody around me is dying. There's pandemic all, all across, you know, all over me. There's jobs and inflation and all of that is happening. Economy is falling. But when I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, ta my mind got renewed and I'm like, this is what the Lord is doing. God's will for my life is good, acceptable and perfect. It cannot happen until your mind is renewed. It cannot happen until you are in the presence of God and God starts shifting your mind. It's okay to start your prayer with complaining, but it's not okay to end your prayer with complaining. That means you did not let God change you. It's okay to start your prayer with complaining. It's okay to be yourself and be like, God, this and that, and that's fine. But if you stay enough in the presence of God, he will change the tone of your voice. He will change the tone of your cry. And then as you get out, you will get out rejoicing. Grateful, giving thanks, testifying that God is good. That is the result of a renewed mind. Amen? Tired? Good? Three things, right? Let's revise, three things. What's the first thing? To know God. Our prayer is to know God more than anything, more than the problem. My prayer is not to understand the problem. My prayer is to know God because it is in knowing God that my solution is hidden. Amen. Proverbs 25 verse 2. Read it whenever you have a chance. It says, it is the glory of God to conceal things and it is the glory of kings to search them out. Are you a king? Do you know why Jesus spoke in parable? I thought Jesus spoke in parable so that everything will be simple, so that everybody will understand. Jesus did not speak in parable so that everybody will understand. In fact, Matthew chapter 13, if you read, he says, I speak in parable so that even them listening to this, they will not understand. You know why Jesus spoke in parable? So that not because he wanted to reveal the truth, he wanted to hide the truth. But to you, I have given you the secrets of the kingdom. Know God. Your solution is hidden in knowing God. I do you have the diligence? Do you have the energy and the strength to know God? Then you'll find your solution. What's the second point? Increase my capacity. Lord, I want to know you, but increase my capacity to know you. Increase. Give me wisdom. Give me revelation. Give me knowledge. Give me your strength. So that my capacity is increased. What's the final point? Renew my mind. I don't want to be the same as I came. I want my mind to be transformed. Renew my mind. Renew my mind. Renew my mind so that I can test and approve and say, tell everybody and testify that your will for me is good, acceptable and perfect. Renew my mind. Amen. There's a verse in Jude that says, Build up your faith in prayer. You want to build your faith? Pray. Pray. Come on, I'm going to pray right now. Any of you over here who wants to ask God, Lord, give me the hunger to pray, give me the desire to pray, a deep longing a deep yearning in my heart to genuinely pray. To build a lifestyle of prayer. Not just pray during fasting prayers, but to build a lifestyle of prayer. That people around me will know me as a man and woman of prayer. This church will be known as a church of prayer. The church of prayer and church of God's word. If there's anybody over here, come on, receive this. Father, we thank you We thank you for you have deposited within us. You have deposited within us the Holy Spirit that has the potential to overcome and overflow our flesh, not just our flesh, but the entire cosmos. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will overflow so that we will not be limited in the earthly things, but we will fly and soar high For your word says, for those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength like eagles. I pray that we will wait on you. We will wait on you to be strengthened by you so that we can know you, so that we can increase our capacity so that we can renew our minds. It is in your presence, Father. In your presence. In your presence. I pray, Father, that even as this word has been released, I pray that you will you will speak to each and every one of them personally and individually and teach them the importance of prayer. Give them a burning desire not just to pray for themselves but to intercede for the world, to intercede for those who are in high power, to intercede for their family, to intercede for those who are lost. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for releasing this word over our lives. We receive it in humility. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Are you guys excited? Yeah. Now how many of you are going to make a commitment to pray? Yeah. See, the boys have a group where they send an update of how much time that they have spent in prayer. And what else is there? And how much time they've slept and also uh, meditating God's word and how much time they've exercised, okay? Uh, all this while, I did not say anything when people used to say, 10 minutes I prayed, okay? And I'm, I'm not going to condemn you for that, okay? Uh, so if you want to build your capacity, starting with 10 minutes, that's fine. But no, but I'm telling you, No. You pray, you spend time without getting distracted, without getting disturbed, without looking at your phone 10 times. If you can pray, I'm telling you, you will see a difference in your life in 10 days. 10 days, I challenge you. 10 days of prayer continuously, one hour each day. I challenge you, your life will not be the same. These things that you're struggling with, lust, anger, issues at the office, time management, all of health issues, all of these issues that you're struggling with will no longer be your issue. You will have bigger issues to solve, the issues of the kingdom. Every inheritance that a father gives to the son comes with problems. Did you know that? No? We, all, we, are all, we are all asking for, Lord, give me inheritance, give me inheritance. But do you know every inheritance, the bigger the inheritance is, the bigger the problem. Because the bigger is the responsibility. Do you understand that? Yeah? I'm saying, God has given us an inheritance so that we can take care of the problems of the kingdom. We have to get up from a selfish problematic life. And I'm not saying these problems you should ignore them. Yes, you sh- That's why I'm saying. That is why definitely I'm saying you should prosper in the things that you do. You should so that you can make out time for prayer. Why, why is the devil not prospering you? You know why? Why is the devil coming against your prosperity? Because then you will have less time for the kingdom. What is money? Think about it. What is money? Money is encapsulated time. When a person is dying, he will not ask for more money. When a person is dying, he will not ask for more influence. What will he ask for? More time. Devil is trying to distract you by taking out your time. Give God your time and God will multiply that. The unit of destiny is time. Do you get it? The unit of weight is kilograms. The unit of destiny, I'm telling you, is time. You want to sooner get to your destiny Pray. Give that time to the Lord. You'll get there. But if you are like, okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Kind of life is what you're going to live. But you decide in your life, I don't want to walk. I don't want to run. I want to fly. That's the kind of life that I want to live. Having kingdom focused. I want to be kingdom focused solving the problems of the kingdom. Then you will get out of these selfish, mera ungli mein dard hai, mera, you know, my salary needs to be increased. All I'm not saying all of these things should not be an issue. I'm saying you should rise up above this, that even when this comes as an issue, is nothing. Is nothing compared to 500 Something like that. You getting what I'm saying? To be kingdom focused, you have to spend time with the king. We are so selfish, self-centered, is because we don't pray. When God reveals to you His problems, the problems that He wants to solve in the world, then you're like, "Oh yeah, let's talk about adopting hundred children. Let's talk about, let's talk about bringing restoration to these orphans. Let's talk about, you know, ending slavery. Let's talk about these bigger things than to- talking about increment and this and that." And- For you to rise up against above that, you have to pray. And I'm telling you, as you set your mind on the kingdom, everything that you need personally will be taken care of. Will be taken care of. Have you heard of the name George Mueller? George Mueller, at the age of 70, I think he had built 117 schools. And he was not a billionaire. He says, all of this I built through prayer and faith. Now, if somebody comes to George Mueller and says, George Mueller, I don't think you have anything stocked in the fridge. I don't think it will be an issue for him because he's looking at bigger issues. These small issues of your life will be nothing. Look at the bigger responsibilities that God wants to give. But it can only happen when you get up and you say, enough is enough. I'm going to spend time in prayer. And all of these things will be taken care of. I'm telling you, it will be taken care of. First, First Peter, it says, you are blessed everything pertaining to life and godliness God has given to you. So you need, whatever you need for a good life, God will give you. But set your mind on the kingdom. Set your mind on the kingdom. Not, oh, I want to buy a car. Why? Because, I don't know. I want to buy a car. Prosperity of God comes with a purpose. Prosperity of God comes with the purpose to to fulfill the kingdom purpose that God has for you. So I'm saying, every time you spend money, I'm saying, ask yourself, is it adding value to the kingdom? Once you're kingdom focused, everything is adding value to the kingdom. Your vacation adds value to the kingdom. Why? Because... Your vacation has changed your perspective, has relaxed you, so you can be more effective. Then that car also adds value. Why? Because you know how to use that car for kingdom. That change in perspective cannot happen by changing the things you do. It happens by sitting in the presence of the king. Pray, 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 pray. Don't get offended. Pray. Hallelujah. And when I say pray, I'm not saying worship. Worship is different. I'm talking about prayer. Because I know most of you love listening to songs and worshiping God. So I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Great. Keep doing it. Please keep doing it. It's good. Keep doing it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about prayer. Praying in the spirit. Praying. Interceding for people interceding for your family, interceding for the world, interceding for the people who are in high places. You know, if you start praying, you will stop complaining. Just saying that. If you start praying, you will not, you will not blame the government, you will not blame the chief minister, you will not blame uh, rich people, you will not blame anybody. If you start praying, you will stop complaining. That's your sign. When you stop complaining, that's a sign for you that you are praying. Okay? God bless you.